0: My soul is old and my spirit is young, and they argue a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Hello and welcome to episode 20. Oh my gosh, episode 20. 20! 20! She was of off the charts, a stellar newscast. I'm Whitney Fishburne in Tennessee. Woo! Yep, and I'm joined from New York by my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer Elizabeth Grace. What is going on with you, my friend? What's going on
0: with me? Everything. It's 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 been a whir- it's been a whirlwind, and I like we were talking before we hit record on this, and this week. Uh, is uh, just a kaleidoscopic, bewildering spin. We're, we're recording yeah. this on the seventeenth, uh, just a couple of days before the second square between Mars and Neptune, which is uh, potentially just bewildering. Uh, uh, it's just like we can't even, literally, cannot even remember what day it is, or or what number to
1: dial, or how to spell anything. And as astrologers, we keep doing stupid things like in, like scheduling important things during void of course moons. <laughs> no.
0: It's like things yeah. you don't want to do if you want
1: something to be of consequence. Mind, I'm, the I'm just tapped out. I am tapped out. Well, before we complain ourselves into a corner here, why don't we tell folks who we are if they're okay. new to our show? And if you are, then welcome. We're very happy to have you. Elizabeth and I are both renegades from corporate media. We report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We want to show you how corporate media manipulates you into working against your best interests. We do that by demonstrating how to anticipate the cycles and trends in the world. So you can see the world's not linear. And this way you can learn to detect how the presumption of hierarchy's inevitability is what separates you from yourself and others. And it is perpetuated by the media. So instead, we bring you news from the ensouled universe, where cycles within cycles suggest there's a greater consciousness enfolding us. It moves through us and around us, and a larger intelligence extends beyond what we could ever possibly imagine. And most importantly, Elizabeth and I want to encourage you to participate in this unfoldment of what the universe has in store. Trust it, but don't trust the status quo. That is indeed who we are. So in this episode, um, it says E. (laughs) (laughs) What's E? (laughs) Uh, It was
0: E. And then, uh, well, uh, we're going to be talking about the current planetary weather, which we just gave you a little uh, hint of with this Mars-Neptune square number two happening on the, I believe it's the 19th. They They have to, yeah. Yeah. Folks will be listening to this soon
1: as they are getting hit by this washing wave of warm water and fog. Like one pill makes you larger and one pill makes
0: you small. It's going to be like that. That's the White Rabbit. It's a very good song to be playing on a Mars Neptune square.
1: I think it's Um, a theme song. That's the second time you've done that. It's my
0: favorite karaoke song in the world. (laughs) Any any time karaoke, that is the song. I love it. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk, t- we're going to talk about current planetary weather and we're going to cover, we're going to recap, uh, the midterm elections because we last, uh, chatted before the elections. So we're going to talk about, uh, how we did and what happened according to astrology. And then we have a ton of people to talk about like the Pelosi's and president Biden who has a birthday on Sunday and, um, we're going to do,
1: well, and also he's been getting eclipsed.
0: He has been getting, yes, he has. Yeah. He so has. we're going to talk about
1: that. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, you know what? Also on your list here, you have, um, we've, we've got some snarky stuff to say about McConnell and McCarthy, but I'm really interested in the chart for the 118th Congress. Yes. Which will begin on January 3rd. Yes. Um, I was just looking at that chart that you cast. And um, yeah, I mean, right now the, it's it, the Republicans have control of Congress. Of we just House found that out
0: yesterday. And I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off.
1: Yeah, well, I just well, I was clarifying. Say that again. When I say Congress, I just mean the House of Representatives. Um, and by now, everyone probably is aware that the Democrats have taken the Senate. Um, but I want to get into some intrigue around the Republicans running Congress. I think this could be very interesting. And I think it's actually, and I'll explain later, better. I'm very happy that Republicans are running the House of uh, Representatives, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. So episode uh, 18 is when we introduce the Department of They, the DOT, where we expose how the status quo plays games. And we're going to give you an example of how um, you can start to see that one of our mantras is you are the media, we are the media, and I think we have a good example of understanding the world should be passing through you and in, in between your ears. It shouldn't be manufactured somewhere else and then given to you as your belief system. So we're going to get into that. The Department of They, the DOT. Mm-hmm. What, have, what have you got for us lastly? Oh, yeah. We also have to announce our winner mm-hmm. uh, of uh, Elizabeth and I are going to each read your chart, whoever our lucky winner is, which we know who it is, <laughs> but we're going to tell everybody who it is. And uh, we're going to each read your chart. And since Elizabeth and I approach readings differently, we hope it will be a way to demonstrate the different kinds of um, ways that you can come up with similar answers using different languages of astrology. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in. What's the last thing we're going to do?
0: We're going to talk about what's coming up next week because you guys are going to be listening to this on uh, the eighteenth, that's to tomorrow, Friday, and so we're going to tell you what's going on next week because, uh, so because we will not be recording until after Thanksgiving, so we'll tell you what you can look forward to um, next week, which is Thanksgiving. All right, so let's talk about let's do our little bit of our, our midterm recap because I think we did pretty good all right first
1: of all you did very well and and i wish that i could push you further into making known the predictions you make off mic more often because you are often right i'm often right too it's true but you are amazing and you don't ever really want to get on there and say this is going to happen this is going to happen this is going to happen but you should because you're right (laughs) so anyway that being said yes Yes, I I think that the thing that you did that really set the tone that you really got that bang on as you said the elections are going to be fine and we're not going to know anything for another four days <laughs> and they're going to be close. Yes, you did. You say know, that. But I, be, you know, there, there wasn't
0: going to be a red wave, blue bath, blood oh, bath thing. So and, correct on that. You know, there there wasn't there wasn't and and there were and there were some striking upsets it, and where they. Because it was, you know, the piece that I wrote about the patterns on Monday, you know, we had... Pre-election, just before election day, just before that full moon, that lunar eclipse, we had this Mercury Kazemi, meaning Mercury conjunct, exactly conjunct in the sun, in Scorpio, which was like this anchor channel, this mute, powerful transmission from source. There was a potent message that was going to be made, ruthless, this is the way it is, we are done. Coming through this full moon revelation where the moon in Taurus on this, on election day, the moon in Taurus, which needs to preserve the status quo, grappling with the disruptive energies of Uranus, which is like, let's shake it up. And so what we ended up having was things not changing so dramatically, like, whoa, you know, one party won 60 seats. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But there were amazing upsets on a smaller local level, like the Michigan State House, the Minnesota State House, the Pencil- I think Pennsylvania also flipped with Michigan for the first time in 40 years to be controlled by democratic legislatures legislators which is like stunning and most of the election deniers who were running for secretary of state were shown the door right thank god
1: well i want to throw this in there that even though astrology and and you're right you're absolutely right and you did call that you and one of the things you were you were talking about this even beforehand you were saying you know behind the scenes this venus that was that was um, under the beams of the sun. Mm-hmm. We couldn't
0: see what was going on, what the right. values really were. They were hidden,
1: right? right. And in uh, Scorpio, so it was mute on top mm-hmm. of it. So mm-hmm. even if we, if she hadn't been under the beams of the sun, which makes it hard to see her, then it would have, um, it would have taken a while for us to know what the voice of the new values or what the values were shaping up to be. We're, were going to actually turn out to be. If you were not watching mainstream media, if you were not reading. The, um, the, the commentary class, and you were looking for more um, optimism, or you were looking, if you were just looking outside of the mainstream media, there was a lot of, there was a lot of chatter about, hey, there is no red wave. Mm-hmm. Michael there, Moore got it. Michael Moore got it. And I'm not actually somebody who reads him a lot, but I started reading him and I thought, I've noticed these things too. I've noticed these things. I've noticed that people are really mad about Roe v. Wade and that they're going to do something about it. But if you were watching the mainstream media or if you were reading the Washington Post, uh, no, no, people were just like, well, that's just the way it is. No. They really, yeah, really? They're worried
0: about right. All they care about is how much it costs to, to, to drive a car. I mean, no, we talked about we didn't talk about it last week. We we've talked about it before. That the horoscope for that Roe v. Wade, that 1973 decision mm-hmm. has 20, it's ascendant, the time it was signed, the ascendant, the rising sign is 29 degrees Pisces. And it's midheaven, top of the chart, 29 degrees would have to be Sagittarius, right? And I'm doing this in my head. So what this, it means is transiting Jupiter, which is going to turn direct next week, had been slowing down, hanging out on the ascendant, of this Roe v Wade chart there is nothing you, there's it's any astrologer looks at this and goes, this is an expansive time mm-hmm. this thing that was handed down in 1973 it has to expand it has to expand and gosh darn it that's what happened
1: yeah people people's anger about it expanded. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so, they, so you yeah, you yeah. you definitely nailed yeah, that. Yeah. I'm gonna just give you all the credit. <laughs> because, oh well, you're the one who cast all the charts and looked at it. I was just as a reporter sitting back and saying, you know, I'm I'm seeing what my you know former colleagues are doing and they're they're up their own butts and they're believing their own echo chamber. But as an astrologer, you really got this right. You really one did. more thing, more one more thing to
0: to celebrate. You know, Saturn Square Uranus, old guard versus avant-garde. But Uranus, the future, always wins.
1: Who pushed the vote over the edge? Oh, young the young kids. The young kids. The, the, and you know what? And I have you and another friend of mine and, and some others that I know, uh, all poll workers. So thank you for doing that. And uh, a friend of mine is an amazing energy worker. And she worked the uh, the polls where she lives. And she just kept sweeping the room with clean energy. And And she said these young kids were coming in and she said, I kept talking to kids who were voting for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And they were so electrified. And she said, I've never seen anything like this before. So mm-hmm. or, or to that effect. And, um, I had an argument with, um, with a pretty well-known journalist who I wrote to him and cause he said, this is how come we got it wrong. And I just wrote to him, I said, because you were not, aware of the realities around you. That's why you got it wrong. And the realities around you are that you were relying on poll information, polling information that had absolutely no factoring in of the youth vote Mm -hmm. among many things, Mm -hmm. but it's because it's a new world and you guys haven't caught up. Mm -hmm. I have, I have been really kind of at first I was just like, oh God, I can't take all of the, the defensive posturing that the media is doing. But I now I'm at the point where it's just like they're starting to actually tune into the fact that they're irrelevant. Mm. I think they're really to get it. They're irrelevant. Folks, listeners, our fans, people who are listening for the first time, you are the media. You are the media. You are the one through which the energy of democracy flows. Democracy is not the same thing as capitalism. Our media structure is completely based upon capitalism. Do you realize how we came to have media in this country? Because a preacher started to sell, he, he became an ad guy. He started to sell space in his publications. Basically, I will collect the eyeballs and the attention and then sell you people's attention. And there's a, a book, I don't remember the name of it, but the author is a Columbia professor named Tim, Tim Wu. People's attention was collected and sold.
0: Mm-hmm. And more
1: and more people started to think, well, I have to look outside of myself for information because more information was being given to us freely But it was really, I mean, so the whole scandal with Facebook selling our data, really, it was just the culmination. It's just like when I say Trump is the symptom, he's not really the Mm. problem. He was the symptom. Facebook is really in some ways just the symptom on steroids when the Cambridge Analytica uh, scandal happened. Mm -hmm. This This is the message I'm trying to get out to people here. You are the media. You are the media, not the media. And I really think the media itself, the people who participate in it are starting to see, whoa, we've become irrelevant. Because we were we were sitting here thinking that these things were going to happen. We were so convinced these things were going to happen, and then they didn't happen. They were predicting it because they were actually trying to will it to happen. They were not basing it on things that were actually happening, and they weren't aware of it. So they thought it, that they were off. It, it's it's an and, they're,
0: and they're all constrained anyway because you know they're a business. They think that they have to have access to certain things politics these days if they want to report on politics or whatever they have to make nice nice to people or they won't be or they can't get interviews yeah. and they can't sell their papers and their in their streaming or whatever they're doing because
1: we've lost this uh spirit of democracy my background includes having been a, an economics reporter i was an antitrust reporter and in our lifetime where this has really where capitalism Capitalism is fine. Capitalism is just a construct. It's a thing. It's useful. Mm -hmm. It's a tool. But it has been conflated with democracy. And as somebody who has covered how that has actually destroyed our economy through monopolization, it goes back to the 80s when we started to say consumer welfare, which was really just corporate welfare, but Mm -hmm. consumer welfare, it's all about the lowest possible price. That's what we should be basing our economy on, the lowest possible price for consumers. So whatever will squeeze out the margins so that a company can give you the lowest possible price, but that happens through scale. So that was why we were saying, oh, no, the bigger a company is, the, the lower the cost for them to produce goods. So that means the lower cost to you, this is consumer welfare, but it always came with the price of cost of or the quality of living. Mm-hmm. Because when you're always trying to find the lowest price of something, something else suffers. Mm-hmm. You pay people less. You, you make it uh, quick and easy to destroy the resources of the, of the planet. And so this is a department of they moment. So we're going to jump ahead and say this is a department of they thing. The race but, to the bottom. The race to the bottom by convincing people that your citizenship is equal to your consumerism. It's mm. not. When you are a citizen, you think about your democracy, you think about your rights, you think about your quality of life, you think about what power do you have to exercise. When you're a consumer, you are completely outside of yourself, constantly giving your power over to whoever is telling you, you need this, you must have this, you want the lowest price for this, but you are being led around by the nose. And this is the difference. And I think people are now seeing the media is part of a construct that is based on you having to outsource your choice and decision-making to someone else who then repackages it and sells it back to you. This is what you want. You're being yeah. programmed. You're being programmed. You're being Somebody's programmed. These are inside these, yeah. your head and saying, yeah. this is what you will believe. This is what yes. you think. That's the department of They. Yeah. Take your power back. You are the media. You should be. And so I have I have a way to do that. Here's the solution for how to take your power back in that moment. You texted me when a couple of days before the election, Biden made his speech about democracies on the line and you were lamenting not one single network ran this speech. And I said, good, good, because that's not their job. Let's they're actually being honest. They know they're not really all about democracy. They're about the mighty dollar. And if they would rather run other things because they don't find Biden's speech about democracy worth their time because it won't wink them any money, then they're at least being honest about who they are. And as a citizen, I don't want to look to NBC to find my information about that my president has to say. I want to go on to C-SPAN, which is where I will get an unfiltered, uncut view of the speech itself mm. and I can find out about it and anyone can find out about it and our listeners can find out about it by just simply signing up for the whitehouse.gov press releases or going to the White House YouTube channel you can get this information yourself the media is selling you and taking your attention and repackaging repackaging it and selling it for freely available information you can get if you just Add it to your day and take a little bit of time to care about it. You don't need the media to tell you where to go to find these things or to what to think about these things. If you want to have a conversation with somebody about what happens and to learn, get the information yourself, then go generate the conversation. But don't let somebody else repackage the information for you. Get it raw and you can do that.
0: And write a headline, which is a positioning statement. Yeah. You know, the same story filtered through. You know, fo- you know the story on Fox. The headline on Fox is going to be different from the headline on the Washington Post, because it's, it, because the whoever is writing that headline has a different slant.
1: Well, that's because they're cultifying you. They're branding you. They are branding you mm-hmm. to come to their side. Do they have better cookies? Well, it's up to you to decide. But they're branding you. Yeah, they're branding you. That's such a great thing that you brought that up because. So what we've been noticing, right? And we've been hilariously, we've been cracking ourselves up reading all of the headlines now that uh, the former guy, President Trump, yeah, the, the has the defeated former guy how quickly when people saw, when the media saw how wrong they got it, when they were saying, Oh, it's gonna be a red wave and the MAGA people are gonna win, and then they didn't. Oh boy, they just went and dropped that man so fast. And the and the headlines have been scathing, they have been brutal. Yeah. brutal. Yeah. Not yeah. because, And that to me showed you how vapid the media actually are. They never cared about democracy. They were never reporting from the perspective of, of democracy in the aggregate. I mean, I'm not saying that every single reporter is, is devoid of any kind of values. I'm not saying that. But in the aggregate, it was all about how can we sell eyeballs? How do we sell media? How do we sell our brand? We're going to just keep saying, you guys have to panic because the red wave is coming or, you know, make sure that the blue wave doesn't happen. It's never going to be the, it, it's going to be MAGA. Ah, we're all panicking. And then it didn't happen. And then it became, let's make fun of this guy, Florida yes. man, makes surprise announcements.
0: So, so, yeah. That this is the, uh, at the, a banner that ran on the, at the bottom of the front page on the New York post,
1: formerly a, New- a paper that was utterly devoted to him because he was selling, selling, selling papers for them. And uh, selling papers for
0: them, but also, you know, able to get politicians elected that would do the bidding of Rupert Murdoch, who owns the Post and the Wall Street Journal and uh, Fox News. So the headline—a ban—it wasn't even a headline; it was like a bottom line, a little banner running across the front page. Florida man makes surprising announcement. Page twenty-six. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, this this and then maybe like four paragraphs stuffed in, on page 26. And they're making snarky comments about, you know, we don't know what his cholesterol count is, but he was the former president, the 45th president of the United States.
1: That's also a flag. That's telling people, we don't care anymore, so you shouldn't either. So you shouldn't either. So I want to know, how do you feel
0: about suddenly your favorite you know, Fox News show are, are, are not going to be fawning over this guy anymore, but you've invested in this guy for six years. I want to know. I want to know how that's going to turn. Are they going to are they going to shift gears and go, well, OK, I guess he's I guess he's icky, not because he not because we found top secret classified documents, you know, in his desk drawer, but because Fox News told me he was icky.
1: No, really? I, think, I think more likely it's going to create a crisis because people are going to start to realize how they've been betrayed and not by not even actually by Trump. They've been betrayed by the media. By the yeah. branding that they went ahead and let themselves be, be be marked with, in a sense. And I think this goes both ways. I think it goes, it's just media. It's whenever you give your power away, period. It's not just Fox News. It's any of them.
0: Yeah. Uh, astrologically, uh, for those who are interested in what's going on in the defeated former guy's horoscope, um, we observe that he just had the second square of transiting neptune to his sun it's neptune on the sun neptune dissolves whatever it touches the sun is your vitality and your ego and it can make it all fuzzy and you know like carrie lake's uh, vaseline uh, filters all fuzzy and hazy so you don't really see all those lines Sounds on nasty well it's true <laughs> Okay, Uh, so it can be hazy and dissolving and a bit of a wipeout and somebody can just disappear. On the other hand, he had a solar arc over the weekend, which I looked at a couple months ago, that looked like a lovely time, like, you know, something romanticized and lovely. And he did have that. His daughter, Tiffany, got married. Uh, So there wasn't a nice, sweet domestic
1: opportunity. I thought he I thought he didn't like her. I thought it was that was the daughter he didn't like, and I don't. Well, that.
0: but, but st- my point is, is that the astrology is still functioning because he did have this potentially happy domestic romantic thing happening with the marriage of his daughter. Um, so, so I thought that was interesting, and and then he's got one more hit of this Neptune, uh, Neptune on squaring the Sun in January, and then then things then things sort of taper off for a bit, that and build to a. Uh, he's, he's gonna, it's, there's a pattern that he had all through 2020 when he was planning to hang on to power at all costs. And we've said this before, and he lost, he lost that battle and he has a repeat of that scheduled, which should peak in mid July. So whatever he's doing,
1: it's not going to be fun
0: it's not going to be fun and and it's he's likely to fail. I know that if people who have broken the law are not held accountable, it destro- it really um fractures the country. Um you know what was really cool? Okay, so I wanted to talk about the Artemis launch because that was really neat. And then we can talk more about the midterms. Um Artemis did get off the ground Uh, the first couple of times they tried to, they were trying to get this thing done. I think when Mercury was retrograde and it was so interesting because the first original launch time, I think it was back in September. Don't quote me on that. It's on my website, but I don't have it in front of me. Um, You know, it looked like it was not going to get off the ground back then because the chart for the planned takeoff had Neptune at the bottom of the horoscope that's and i've just said that neptune dissolves whatever it touches you have that feeling that there's it's not solid and they postponed that launch because there was a leak and 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 the other thing about that horoscope which was interesting is that it looked like mercury which is a which is a transportation and travel and mars were going to have this lovely alignment but both planets were going to turn retrograde. So they weren't actually going to connect. And I thought, you know, that's mm-hmm. interesting. And that's another reason why this thing didn't get off the ground. But so they planned this launch on November 16th at one o four 4 AM in Cape, Cape Canaveral, Cape Canaveral. And this time we had this chart ruled by Mercury. Mercury, that's good. You know, you want to blast off, you want to go somewhere, you might as well be Mercury. And it was trying to Jupiter, which is very helpful. You might as well have your journey be supported by a big, gassy, blasty, (laughs) enthusiastic planet. And Venus was at 29 degrees, 59 Scorpio, but they postponed it. It was supposed to be at 104 a.m. And then they said, nah, we're going to do it at 1 a.m and at 109 a.m venus changed signs and went into sagittarius and so this thing blast so i just thought it was so cool because then in the chart for the launch venus is representing uh, representing the ninth house the long the long distance journey and with mercury and venus well, venus and sagittarius mercury is a was a applying to Venus, applying to meeting up with this Venus. If if you want to get off, go somewhere, have something in Sagittarius because Sagittarius is a sign that symbolizes pushing boundaries. Mm-hmm going where nobody has gone before expanding your mind. So this was really cool a little thing that has nothing to do with politics and everything about watching a really cool rocket blast off into space. Um and the moon got out of the 12th house at 1:47 a.m. which I also cuz I've been looking at the all of every single one of these launch times that they were m- messing around with, you had the moon which is one of the you know, this is is the telling you like the focus of 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 an event and the moon is in the 12th house which is a, a weak position. It's it's the house of the self undoing. It's like, no, maybe that's not the best place to do something. Well, this
1: is a moon launch. And that is also the 12th house is the blind spot. I don't think you want to send a rocket
0: it's ship <laughs> off of it. Right. It's so, so, so the moon gets off. So, so when the moon gets in the 11th house and Venus entered Sagittarius, that is when they actually got the thing off the ground. And it was just, astrology is just amazing. And then by that time, Uranus had moved to the cusp of the ninth house, the long journey. So it's black. Lasting, all of this innovative mm-hmm. energy and the future, bringing the and the future. future. All right, so fun thing that has nothing to do about politics. Um, What else do we want to talk about?
1: Well, this is uh, not always about politics. No, it's, it's just not always about politics. We're, we're okay. just post. We're you know we're stopping the uh, the um, the midterms. The Democrats took the Senate. Yeah, let me tell folks why. Yes, I, tell I us
0: what. Tell us why. Yes, let's look at the one hundred eighteenth Congress. So right and, and your theories. I am yeah.
1: looking at that chart right now, and I okay. have noticed that in mm-hmm. the second house. The moon and Mars are virtually conjunct. Oh yeah, the moon is at 7 <laughs> the face uh, yeah. man is funny. My face. The moon is at 7 degrees of gem- of Gemini. Yeah. And Mars is just about to finish its retrograde or it's just about to station actually and go back the other way. And it station's on the 12th. And
0: so, yes, yeah. So, but but, it's, so it's, it's but they are enough. moving
1: together. And it's, you know, but Mars is also going to be slowing down at that point.
0: It's going to be stationary, not moving much, right. just sitting there hanging out
1: in the second house of our values and our money. At, well, I'm getting there and our money. Okay. And the moon in a mundane chart, the moon represents the people, mm-hmm. so the voters. Okay. So what I'm saying in plain language is, is that people are going to have some opinions and potentially some rather heated discussions about money. And again, about what do we value in this country? What, what do we value? All right. So now we have Democrats running the Senate and we have Republicans running the house, but the current margin of difference between the Republicans and the Democrats in the house of representatives is two there are always members of Congress who leave. Attrition is common. That means there is a potential for the Republican party in the house of representatives to shred itself because that margin of two separates them from having to give power over to the Dems. If A congressman or congresswoman dies, becomes sick. Now, if they become sick and they leave temporarily, things can happen. But I'm just going to say potential, like let's not get into the weeds here. Just two people, if they lose two people, the Dems take over. There's that threat hanging over them. Mm -hmm. Now, they also are fighting to have power. Uh, They're they're fighting over who should be the speaker of the house. Because Mm -hmm. not only has Nancy Pelosi, as of the beginning of us recording this, announced she's stepping down. Kevin McCarthy, who's a Republican, who has been very close to Trump, but is not a member of the Freedom Caucus, which is the hard, hard, hardcore, make America great again uh, voice in the Congress. He doesn't have the support of the Freedom Caucus. So. What we've got here is a situation where there's a power struggle for what is the Republican Party. I personally believe that they've gone ahead and they've sold themselves out as a cult, but that's my—that's just my opinion. Some of our listeners won't agree, but it isn't going to matter because what is going to happen. What I have to say about it is irrelevant. There's definitely going to be some kind of shredding because if Kevin McCarthy wants to take the power of Speaker of the House, he needs to bring some of these Freedom Caucus people over to his side. Mm -hmm. There are enough people, enough Republicans who, you know, maybe should have stood up before, but they didn't, but whatever. They don't want to continue to go down the road of the Freedom Caucus, but he can't do anything without the Freedom Caucus. They are now at a crisis point and it will play out because they are in power. If the Dems had control of the House of Representatives, then whatever was going on behind the scenes with the power struggles in the Republican Party wouldn't matter. Mm. Now it really matters. It's going to be a freaking shit show. As as soon as Saturn moves into Pisces and Saturn being the status quo and Saturn being the old guard and Saturn being what is ossified, hitting that water of Pisces where there are no boundaries and Saturn is going to be saying, I really need the boundaries to stay in place. And Pisces is going to be saying, sorry, babe, we got to wash stuff clean. We got to move on. And then here comes Pluto moving into Aquarius briefly Re- for a sneak peek. It's still going to shock things. And then yeah. we, we continue to have Uranus squaring all of this Uranus in the status quo of stability that Taurus likes. It's churning it up. It's breaking it to pieces. I love it. And then again, it's astrology. Astrology is pointing the way to this, but how it actually gets played out. We're already seeing it. And I'm going to turn it back over to you because you've got the the charts for the current leadership of the Republican party. And they're fighting. Well,
0: it's what crazy. I was going to say is that, you know, Mitch McConnell, we we knew we knew Mitch McConnell was going to have like a sad face because uh <laughs> because his son is he's a or Pisces. Church. Okay? Yeah. So he's a Pisces. So and it's that one
1: Pisces. One so Pisces. So Saturn he as soon in. as
0: it goes in, it's going to be sad face. And and you know, there may be I mean, you know, there there a lot Saturn on the sun. And when you have Saturn on your sun, you have to get streamlined and focused and you need to set a new plan and it's about planting. And you need to watch your health too. And you need to watch your health. It's true. I mean, you know, because um, the sun is vitality and Saturn is like a blast of cold air. And with Saturn and Pisces, it's a blast of cold, wet air. Uh, So there's that. I'm like looking for his uh, horoscope. And, And then he's got a lot of planets in um, late Taurus like Nancy Pelosi does, uh, that are going to get hit by Saturn as well. So we could, it was even without a birth time for a Mitch McConnell. We, we don't know what time he was born. We have a rectified horoscope, uh, an astrologer. I wish I could remember who did this chart because it's very convincing. Somebody did, rectified this thing and proposed a, an ascendant of, um, Leo for him, which I think fits fixed stubborn thing with Pluto right on the ascendant. Um and his Taurus. So he so he's got, you know, right now his he definitely has Mars and Taurus, excuse me, Mars and Saturn conjunct in Taurus, which is which is being hit by Saturn right now. So Saturn is putting a like a block on his militant discipline ability to get stuff done. So he did not he did not get to be the chosen one here. He did not become the Senate Majority Leader uh, in in this in this next uh, round because uh, his party did not win and so we can see that his role is like w- how it was going to be diminished and um so which it has been And then Kevin McCarthy, we don't have a birth time for him either. We don't know if he has Scorpio or Sagittarius Moon he's a he's an Aquarius he, he's born on January 26 1965 and he is Saturn. I believe yes, his Saturn is at three degrees of Pisces, mm-hmm. so he's having a Saturn return. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. early next spring too. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 a that's pretty tough. His Jupiter was eclipsed. He had Jupiter at sixteen degrees of Taurus, so that's going to be activated around December first. So maybe he'll get the votes.
1: Well, it's a three-degree moon in this chart
0: at noon, Scorpio or Sagittarius. What I remember about him that when I started paying attention to him is when he made his bid for speaker to take over from John Boehner, and he it didn't happen because there were rumors that he was having an affair. Okay, so that's one thing that at that time, back in 2000, whenever it was, 16. Oh, the
1: salad days. The salad
0: days when that's but (laughs) when an affair was was so scandalous, (laughs) so scandalous. Now no one would care. So that derailed his but. There was a tape that the Washington Post got, where, and this stuff gets scrubbed; you can't find it anymore. But there was a tape. House Speaker Paul Ryan was in a meeting. And oh McCarthy yeah, McCarthy was there, and they and were they all were talking, talking about their
1: Russian connections. And they
0: were talking about the Russian connections. And Kevin McCarthy said, "You know, I think there's two people that Putin pays: uh, Dana Rohrabacher, something or other, Dana Rohrabacher, and and Trump." And Trump. And then Paul Ryan stepped in He's like, hey, 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 hey. you know, let's it stays in the family. We don't want any, we, this. And, and I'm thinking to myself, that's
1: yeah, that's the language you use. It stays that's in the let's like, oh,
0: really, really. But, but the point is, is that you know, this is kind of a moon in Sagittarius blurty blurt thing to do to just to just blurt out something like that. And, and at the time, I remember that this was when Uranus.
1: Which is, uh, by the way, why we love Moon and Sagittarius. Moon and
0: Sagittarius, because they're just going to tell you the truth and just, it's, you know, that's it. But I remember that Uranus was at 18 degrees of Aries and it was exactly squaring Kevin McCarthy's Venus Mercury conjunction in Capricorn. So this is a very practical guy. and He needs, he's, he needs, he, when the way he needs to think and his values are all about strategy and deploying resources. But at that time, when he, they were thinking, maybe he's having an affair and he can't be Speaker of the House. And, oh, he just blurted that out about the Russians. Mercury was squaring how he needed to think and his values and potential romantic things and finance. So we would expect him, it wasn't a surprise when I wrote about his horoscope, that he would be blurting this out just in, in a, even though, you know, Paul Ryan, you know, squashed it for until, until the Washington post somehow got a thing. And the other thing about his horoscope that's interesting uh, is that he has a grand trine in earth involving Mercury and Venus in Capricorn, trying oh, to Jupiter, yeah. trying to Uranus, Pluto in Virgo and a grand trine in earth needs to project an aura of self-sufficiency, material self-sufficiency. He doesn't need anything from anybody else. And it becomes a problem because, I mean, you were talking about, you know, how is he going to get people to, to work with him? Because he projects this aura of not needing anything from anybody else. Um, how How is he going to get, how is he going to get bring people in you know, how is he going to let the drawbridge down and let people in so that he can get what he needs from them? I don't know. Well, it's (sighs) going to be interesting to watch. And he has a moon Saturn square, probably. It's very somber, serious thing. Well,
1: and yeah, and it's going to be activated because he's having that Saturn return. Because that Saturn return.
0: That's right. This is a testing time as Kamala Harris has her Saturn return next year too. So it's very interesting that this, this these people are going to grow up. All right. So that's that. And who else did we want to talk about? Okay. So, and president Biden, Now, why president Biden now president Biden, this Jupiter that we've been talking about Jupiter of slowing to a virtual standstill as it prepares to turn direct next week, um, Jupiter at 28 degrees Pisces right now, very slow is forming a trine, a harmonious aspect to his son, Venus, conjunction at late degrees with Scorpio. So that's a benevolent pattern. He's supported right now with that
1: Jupiter there. Well, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the chart that you gave me with the solar arcs, but yeah. The
0: solar arcs. Yeah. So you see, I mean, his son reaching out to the ninth house, his son Mm -hmm. in the 12th ruling the ninth. So Jupiter is expanding his reach into foreign affairs and he's been all over the world in recent you know he was in bali the other day so he's been he's really been working the global foreign policy stuff and this venus and the venus receiving this trine from jupiter as well and his granddaughter's getting married uh at the white house this weekend and he's
1: having a birthday so we can expect that he will not be uh, people will stop shitting on him (laughs) for at least a little bit yeah We'll see. Let's talk about the Pelosi's. The Pelosi's. That'll be our final uh, chart. Our final chart.
0: Okay. Oh, goodness. I mean, her horoscope, we we think, uh, you know, there was a birth time that was released in a biography of, I think, 310 p.m. So we think that she has a 27 degrees Leo ascendant, which was eclipsed. Uh, in November and May, which was then activated in mid-August when she was in uh, getting ready to go to, well, she had gone to Taiwan and it was making a big fuss. And then her moon is at 18 degrees of Scorpio with this 310 birth time. I think it's 310. I'm actually looking for the chart as I talk to you because I sent this stuff to you and, and I'm looking, doing it in my head. Um, yeah, 18 degrees Scorpio close enough to be eclipsed her moon is opposing venus uranus that's why she's everybody's friend she really really is that venus conjunct uranus conjunct mars all at the top of the horoscope she's a friend to everybody she needs to be that way she just she needs to be that way and um saturn is about ready to hit that moon and uranus so she's cutting her losses yeah yeah you know, and and she had the and um, you know she's got something going on with her sun moon midpoint. Pluto is on the sun moon midpoint, so we could see uh, when Pluto is on sun moon midpoint has to do with relationships. And if you have a Pluto transit to that point, it suggests a, it, it can suggest a break in relationship where you you change your your perspective and maybe you you move on you break from it. And then the other thing she has going on, well the upside potential is her sun is at six degrees of Aries. And so that's going to get a nice boost when Jupiter goes Mm -hmm. direct in January. So there's Mm -hmm. something to look forward to there. And then Jupiter will conjoin her Jupiter at 17 degrees Aries later in the year. So that that's nice. That's lovely. Maybe she'll get the presidential medal of freedom. I sure hope so. She deserves it. Um, And, but the challenge it's not gonna be it's not gonna be exact it's not gonna it's not gonna hit exactly uh this year but she's gonna get a hint of it what's and that? that is well uh Pluto when it gets into zero Aquarius when it gets into zero Aquarius it's gonna be tickling her zero degree Pluto in Leo Square Saturn at zero degrees of Taurus And so, although it's not going to be exact, uh, I guess it doesn't happen until 2024. Okay, so that'll be interesting. So, you know, there'll be another election. She says she's going to stay and and serve another term. Uh, It's possible maybe this will be her last term. That would make sense that she may not, maybe she doesn't run in 2024.
1: I was just going to throw in here that um, her, now looking at your chart, of course, I use whole signs, but looking Mm, mm -hmm. at Plastis chart. I don't know what her whole sign chart would look like, but, um, a She'd couple of things, Pluto right <laughs> on zero Leo, <laughs> but this, this, this observation, I think is, um, it's irrelevant. What house system use and and the, two observations, one, what she said today when she, um, said she was giving up the speakership is that she's suffering survivor's guilt because yeah. she said, you know, my home is now a crime scene. And they came after me, but they, they desperately hurt my husband. And I feel this, I feel a responsibility to what happened to my husband. Now her Venus was eclipsed and Venus, what she values, how she feels, what, what's she, what is she responsible for? What should she be taking care of her love? Um, and, I mean, the and the moon too. The moon got hit
0: harder because that's at 18 and Venus was at 20. Oh, I was just so going to nail, moon. I mean,
1: she was really, I was going to go through all of these. All, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Please she do. really suffered from these um, eclipses. Now Saturn is in uh, Taurus in her chart, and it also would have been impacted by an opposition. I think the um, most recent eclipse, so the one on the 25th, wasn't that at two Scorpio? So it was an opposition. Yes. 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 So Saturn in this chart, anyway, rules her marriage. Yeah,
0: from a classical perspective, yes. And then, right, and then Uranus in modern astrology is activating her moon. So there's, you know, that the marriage and and the Pluto on the sun moon midpoint. So yeah, there's a lot of pressure on the relationship, and
1: her Mars is very very visible. Because it's right at the top of this chart. So yeah. as a public person, Mars in her chart is right on top of algol. Oftentimes, algol, the fixed star, can indicate injury to head. Now Yes,
0: this- decapitation. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Do you remember when Christine Pelosi, uh, she said something about her mother, like this is the way she is with her moon in Scorpio. She'll, she'll just chop your head off and you won't even know. You won't even know that she's done it. It was so interesting that her daughter would use that expression.
1: Yeah. And with Mars Nancy, for her. With Mars. Scorpio, which would rule the moon. Yeah. Right there on, on the chopping. Of the
0: it's a feminine, yeah. w- feminine warrior energy. It's it a bad rap because so many of the people that have wrote about astrology in the myths were men. So, uh, you know, algal we get the word alcohol from this word, algal uh, the demon star, the blinking star feminine, the Gorgon's head, the Medusa, uh, you know, supposedly one of the most unfortunate stars in the heavens, but there's a strong feminine power associated with this. Well, and, I, I, and Nancy Pelosi has it.
1: I would like to offer a little contour to that, which is, Yes, absolutely. It has been described as the demon star and the um, the raging out of control, vicious woman. But it's also gotten its reputation because it's just simply thousands of years of observational data. Mm. When there are um, contacts with algal, these kinds of things happen. So it's also, mm-hmm. it's it's not just simply men don't have a sensitivity to... <laughs> But when there is always a ups- angry for good reason. No, but- it's also because there are things that are associated with a placement of that star that seem to indicate pain and loss of head
0: right and yes they do and but there is always an upside potential and so the upside potential of this energy is this feminine warrior thing Mm -hmm. and so you know so that you get
1: so do you want to talk about um uh, so hakeem jeffries is
0: is getting you know we don't have and he's a congressman from brooklyn he's a lawyer and they're talking about him being an alma mater too where did he go he went to Binghamton. Oh, that's right. That's right. He did. Right. Okay. So Akeem Jeffries is a, no, we don't have a birth time for him, but he was born in 1970. So he's a nice young man and, um, son and Leo conjunct Mars. So he's carrying on that Martian energy that Nancy Pelosi has that fighter. This is, and this, and this regal. I mean, the sun and Leo Mars and Leo Partile conjunction exact at 11 Leo, this guy, you know, it is the way it is and it's a show. And I don't think, I'm looking at this horoscope, this, um, it's unaspected,
1: this Sun-Mars means conjunction. Tell our new listeners if they don't know what that means. It means, just- that, it means that, it means that these, it, we don't have
0: a brief time, so it might be plugged into his ascendant, one of the angles of the horoscope, but it's isolated. So it's going to attract a lot of attention, this regal bearing that this guy has, wherever it is in his horoscope, we don't know because we don't have a birth time. And this Venus-Pluto-partile exact conjunction at 25 degrees of Virgo, that is very interesting. That extremes of perfection, values, um, this man, you don't want to, you, didn't, you know, don't cross him. <laughs> so this, now this, um, now what's interesting is this sun, Mars, Leo, sun, Mars conjunction. When you look at it, another way astrologers have of measuring time through what we call solar arcs has been through a blossoming They're They're at the Aries point by solar arcs, So they are demanding prominence. So it makes sense that, he would be getting some attention right about now. And his Jupiter, which is at 28 degrees of Libra, all next year will be squared by Pluto, which has been trying to that Venus-Pluto conjunction in his horoscope. But the square to Jupiter, what I've noticed in politicians who suddenly step into power will have this aspect. So it grants them access to considerable power and resources for them to use hopefully for the greater good. Mm. President Biden had this when he took office in 2021.
1: And remember this is going to be happening at the same time that the Republicans in my prediction are going to be shredding each other mm. trying to stay in power. So it's possible that he's coming to power. Don't cross him, and that the Democrats could even have both con- both houses under their control, even if it's temporary. Because what happens when you rule Congress? Whatever party's in charge of Congress is actually the Congress. I mean, is the party that makes the rules for that session. Mm-hmm. So every congressional session is two years long, and whatever party is ruling the House is metting is making the rules for how. Procedures will go. So, you know, right now the Republicans are doing it, but are they doing it according to you the know, Democrats are doing it right now? But now the Republicans are know, stepping I'm sorry. in. I'm sorry. I mean, right. I mean, I was. I meant in, in the 118th Congress.
0: Right. Okay. And in the okay.
1: okay. Yeah. That's what I Um. But remember what I said before, they're going to be fighting over what the rules should be and what it, so it's going to be really interesting. And while the powers are rising in the democratic party and the the powers are coming up that are younger, that are, that have more color to them, Mm -hmm. more women, we have more variety. And I'm going to tell you something as a, as a former reporter of in medicine and in healthcare, you get more creativity, more solutions and quicker results. When you have diversity, you just do like any any medical procedure that has ever actually advanced a, a field came when something came from outside of the norm usually because a woman said hey that's not how my heart beats that's not how mm-hmm. my my you know that's not what i hear when i'm working with my patients mm-hmm. or you know that's not our experience in our culture anytime you bring diversity into the mix it brings more energy, more possibilities. So the Democrats are going to suddenly be vitalized while the Republicans are going to be shredding themselves because of the same old, same old.
0: And Pluto goes into Aquarius, dips into Aquarius in March ever so briefly for a few months. And it's going to be, and Pluto in Aquarius is is, you know, share the wealth, diversity, uniqueness, value that, yeah. you know, so... Very interesting times. Yeah. <laughs> I love uh, thank you so much. See, you are so awesome to be able to share with our listeners your amazing perspective as a reporter and understanding the political system with this DC insiders thing and the healthcare. I hope everybody listening to to Whitney appreciates how appreciates this amazing what a geek I am. <laughs> what an incredible in- geek she is and how lucky we are that I mean I I learned something every time I talk to you. I love it. I'm so thrilled.
1: Thank so you. cool.
0: Yeah. Okay, what are right, so we've covered I think a whole pile of stuff with, oh so next week okay so so next week what, what are you going to be all right so we're going to leave you uh you know mercury and venus are going to meet up in sagittarius on sunday uh as your guys are listening to this okay so that's what's going to happen on december da, 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 what's going to happen on um okay so okay you're gonna, you guys are going to be listening to this on the 18th. Mercury and Venus are going to meet up in Sagittarius on Monday at 6 p.m., thereabouts. So that's a very idealistic, boundary-pushing um, way of thinking and values. It, it'll be a dead moon. Uh, the new moon is happening on Wednesday, the 23rd, at one degrees of Sagittarius, right on President Biden's um, one degree Sag ascendant, well, three degree Sag ascendant, close enough. At the same time as Jupiter goes stationary direct at 28 degrees of Pisces. So that's going to be an interesting, I haven't looked at that chart yet, an interesting focal point of its expansion. Uh, I have have to look at it. The the moon actually looks like it's pretty happy that day. But then after the Mercury-Venus conjunction on the 21st, we don't have any Ptolemaic, meaning no trines, no sextiles, no squares, no oppositions, no conjunctions among the planets except to the moon for seven days until Mars trines Saturn for the second time on Monday the 28th. So we have the seven day stretch with no... Like markers, like, oh, you know, Mars is square Neptune or whatever. And I have found that these apparent lulls in the planetary action can reflect an event not unlike an ice shelf collapsing into the ocean. Paul Pelosi was attacked when the last time we had this, which I think was sort of a that was a that was in a very important event because of the way. Uh, certain politicians responded to it. They they tried to dismiss it and normalize it. That was a big deal. That was a and and look at what happened. It's caused consequences. Nancy Pelosi. That's I'm sure this is a huge reason why she's stepping down. That incident was a big deal. And Twitter, Elon Musk coming in during this week. So who at, at which that platform is being decimated. Uh, and so next week we may see a further collapse of that system. It, it's possible. And then the time before that, the, the, the last was the week when the Queen passed away, which was arguably the uh, mm. you know the ending of an era. So I mm. don't know what's going to happen um, the week of Thanksgiving. You know, maybe it'll just be really sleepy and quiet, um, but we may have some kind of event that that feels like wow. Um, you know, on the first of December, um, you'll be eagerly awaiting uh, our next episode, episode twenty-one. Um, the eclipse that we had on the eighth of November will be activated by transiting Uranus, so that week may be a busy week—the week of well, the week that begins no- with November twenty-eighth.
1: Also, it's a pretty powerful full moon coming up, December eighth, December seventh at sixteen Gemini. Yeah, it's it's configured with Mars. Mars, retrograde. it's you know, and yeah. Jupiter, Jupiter will um, soon be going um, direct next in, week. Mm-hmm. Yep, and Jupiter rules Sagittarius, where the Sun is going to be, and um, I don't know that uh, I'm I'm thinking that this is going to be a pretty powerful full moon. Well, with this the Mars configuration this and then december 6th is when georgia votes all right so finally we want finally. to announce the name of our winner we were um we went through our um, patron subscribers and we pulled a name out of the proverbial hat and that name is katherine e is the beginning of her last name so Catherine e um we will be contacting you. It looks as though it's your birthday soon. So lucky for you, you're going to be getting a reading from each of us if you want it. Um, we would like to share it with our patron subscribers so we can show folks how Elizabeth and I go about our reading, but, um, We'll make sure that that's okay with Catherine E if she wants to do this. So, congratulations, Catherine E. Thank you so much for your support. Yes, for believing in us and supporting us. Yay. And if you would like to support us, um, you can go to insold.substack.com and you can become a patron subscriber. You can also just subscribe and whatever level of participation, we're happy to have you along. Uh, Please share us, however, that is really great. And um, like us, you know, with the little heart thing. You make Elizabeth's day when you give us hearts. (laughs) It is true. It's true. (laughs) My moon in Gemini delights in
0: knowing that I have been informative and entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) You have been.
1: You have been, indeed. And if you'd like to read Elizabeth's forecast on which this podcast is based, you can visit her website at graceastrology.com. Uh, we're also on major podcast apps, including the Substack app. And that's it for now. So until next time, have a wonderful Thanksgiving for our American friends. Keep your hearts filled with hope and look up. Look up. Look up. Look up at the pretty stars. Yes. And the planets and the moon. And we'll see you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye.